What's up, all you cool cats and kittens? It's uh, Justin and Drake here for the fifth episode of the UWB podcast. Uh, we have some really good information to bring to you guys. Uh, we're going to be covering the, uh, uh, the Aubrey case, as well as some coronavirus issues and topics uh, that I just recently found out. So, uh, yeah, we've got a really, really good information uh, to discuss today. Um, and I know we're pretty excited to just jump right into it. So, how are you doing, Drake? Good, dude. What's up? Uh, doing well, doing well. Glad to have you here today. This is the oh, first yeah. official time that he's been able to come on the podcast and actually be here. So he's, uh, we have this room that's dedicated to the podcast room. We have a couple of our spare bedrooms. And so it's cool to just be able to have this room dedicated to the podcast. And uh, all of our other podcasts have been done, o- done over the phone since this whole COVID stuff. And we have certain regulations we have to follow. Um, and so it's pretty awesome uh, to have him here for the fifth podcast, which is the first podcast together. Mm-hmm. Pretty oh, yeah. awesome. How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, yesterday was a great day. Um, got a new Bible. Got a Bible study book. Uh, really good devotional uh, notebook and stuff like that. So yeah, yesterday was a fantastic day. Um, today's even better. And, yeah, you know. awesome, man. Yeah, see, I I actually just got a uh, a religious book, a Bible book. Uh, what about a month ago from Gino? I have this buddy named Gino. Big shout out to Gino, by the way. He runs a nonprofit organization where he takes wounded warriors and Golden Star families, and he takes them out on hunting expeditions. Oh wow! It's a nonprofit organization. Hopefully, one day we can become big enough where we can donate a bunch of money to him. So big shout out to Gino, dudes out there doing the Lord's work and kicking ass and taking names. Awesome. Uh, but he sent me a 365 day devotional book. Uh, it was like the what was it like the 365 days of Christianity or something like that. But it, each day it's a new scripture and a new lesson. And I, I haven't really opened it up too much, but I've opened it up a couple times and it's been really good information. Um, you know, I should probably make more time for that stuff in my life, but I you know. Uh, I find a reason to work out, but for whatever reason, sometimes I just find excuses to not open up that book. Well, that's that's I think I think that pulls on you spiritually. Is no, it does. I'm a, I'm very strong in my faith, but the thing that kind of dawned on me was, you know, I'm always asking other people questions about the Bible, like who is this, who wrote the Bible, you know, just all these different things. When, you know, I'm I feel like I am so I have such a lack of education about the Bible, but such a love for Jesus and God. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, you know it's something that's been kind of pulling on me for a while, and you know I think it's just about time that I actually start reading and. You know, getting my own understanding of everything, I think I'll have a lot of questions that I have answered. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's really important to be able to do your own studying because some people can give you false information or they can misinterpret the information, and you may interpret it another way because some parts of the Bible are open for interpretation, uh, certain things. Um, and so you may end up getting the wrong information from somebody, so it's really important to be able to be able to do your own research. So, yeah, man, I'm really happy. You called me yesterday ecstatic that you yeah. were able to get some of that stuff knocked out. Yeah, I made sure to get the, uh, the King James Version. Uh, from what I've read and uh, understood, it's, that is kind of the original, uh, you know, less interpreted uh, version of the Bible and stuff like that. You yeah. know, more so from the newer, you know, uh, NIV and the, uh, what is it, the Christian... Uh, common version, whatever that one is. Oh, you know, um, I'm really only familiar with the King James Version because I grew up in sort of a Southern Baptist, and then I went to a non-denominational background after that. So would you say you are non-denominational? Oh, 100%, yeah. So, no, I uh, um, I believe that as long as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that's the only contender, and uh, that's the only determining factor of whether or not you make it to heaven or not. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, there's other things such as being a good person, you know, um, but uh, I don't spend too much time um, you know, thinking about Southern Baptist stuff, you know, yeah. they're a little, a little too strict for me. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, so okay. So um, it was a fantastic podcast you uh, that you put up uh, the last one uh, about yes, the Aubrey sir. case. 
So I know that you got a hold of Strickland. Uh, major shout out to Strickland as well. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, well, actually, Mike got a hold of me. So uh, oh wow, so yeah, Mike contacted you. Yeah. So in, in that podcast, and I know you listened to it, uh, but it was a couple days ago. I said if anybody has any questions, concerns, or disagrees with what I'm saying, feel free to reach out and let's discuss it. And he didn't disagree with anything. He just wanted to clarify on some things because he grew up in the area. So what all did he, uh, did he clarify <laughs> up on? So um, the Glen County Sheriff's Office. So, uh, again, big shout-out to Mike. Mike, we really appreciate you, buddy, and we appreciate your support on the podcast. Uh, and we appreciate the information that you're able to give us. Really unique situation is, coincidentally enough, Mike grew up in that area. Oh, wow. Of Georgia. So he knew um, he knew the people that were involved. He knows the, the situation a little bit better because... He's from that area, and I, it was really interesting. So the, apparently the Glen County Sheriff's Office, as those of you who know, I reached out to them trying to get answers. Uh, they never ended up calling me back, and that's exactly what I would expect, especially after Mike told me the way that they are. He said uh, he pretty much told me that they're a corrupt county, and they have a, a hard time finding justice. Uh, they're known for not enforcing laws or being corrupt. So Wow. He was kind of half expecting them to not arrest these dudes anyways. Um, so the McMichaels, uh, they're currently in jail right now. Their bond's been denied, which is awesome news. Fantastic. Super news. ecstatic about that. That should have happened three months ago. Um, my heart still breaks for the Arbery family um, because justice delayed is justice denied, and they had to sit down and probably see these people in this small town for the last three months, right? So this happened so, three months ago, not yeah, recently. No, no, this happened in February. Wow. Um, and a lot of people aren't aware of that um, because it's just now coming to light. But this happened back in February, and these dudes have been walking free since. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just really glad that these guys are in jail. So Mike ended up relaying to me that that's actually a really small town. It's a, uh, it's mainly a retirement place. It's where a lot of older people go where they, they retire, and it's a smaller feel kind of a town. So everybody knows everybody. Okay. So the Arbery family probably knew the, the McMichaels. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to guarantee you that they did because the Arbery family was, I believe, an assistant district attorney. Uh, Mr. Arbery's dad, the unfortunately, the, the, the man who was shot and killed, his dad was uh, an assistant district attorney or a district attorney in the area. And the McMichaels, the, the father who was in the back of the truck uh, with his 357, was also a detective there and retired there. Um, so yeah, just a couple of really interesting things that people aren't being caught up on. Is one, I found out that the Glen County Sheriff's Office is pretty corrupt. Yeah. Um, they have an inability uh, for justice in that area, um, and uh, Mike was pretty much hinting to the fact that he figured that they wouldn't be arresting those. So it was right unexpected. Yeah. Um, wow. Another thing that I thought was really interesting is doing some research and talking to Mike that this dude, he apparently has ran this route every single day, like almost every single day, since he's left high school. He did it in high school. He likes staying in physical shape. He loves the area, and he just goes for his runs, right? So from high school all the way to the age of 25. He's been running that route. Wow. He's, apparently the, the family is pretty prolific in that area. Uh, they're a pretty big deal. Um, and so it, what, what blows my mind is the fact that these McMichaels, if he runs by their house every day, how, did they, how are they not able to disseminate that this is not the proper person who robbed this place, right? So another interesting thing is the, the McMichaels actually did end up getting robbed. Uh, they had a, well, uh, I wouldn't say a robbery. They had a, a, a break in, an entry into one of the privately owned vehicles, right? Okay. So they had a pistol that was stolen, um, and they had a, uh, this was in January, and then they had another break in in February, uh, later in February, right? Well, the description was just a blackmail, and Mr. Arbery was, unfortunately, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time, and he 
uh, was running down the road and they ended up seeing him thinking that he matched the description even though he didn't match the description the only thing was that he was black and they just judged him based off of that um, so go ahead. Uh, so uh, a quick question that I have is actually something that I read today uh, preparing for the podcast about this um, I actually just read a, a new re- newly released document so actually it is uh, contradicting their story yeah. um, apparently there actually was not a reported burglary uh, really? In that neighborhood for that month. I don't know about January, um, but I ju- this literally just today uh, was released. Okay, so, so you're saying that they made that up just to, for their story to sound more believable? Exactly. It was a contradicting story. Uh, so there was not a reported burglary uh, in that area okay. during this time. Yeah, see, based off everything that I've seen, there was. So I'm really glad to hear that their story is starting to fall apart because then it just solidifies the fact that they're malicious intent. Yes. Um, so, um, Mr. so we'll just go ahead and cancel everything that I said. Um Oh, they reported a light skin male, a light skin male, and Mr. Arbery was a little darker skin, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. which is which is definitely kind of interesting. So he really didn't match the description because there is a difference between you know dark black and light black, white and then like pale. Um, so uh, yeah, it's kind of bizarre that it makes me question this. Is I, I've been thinking this from the beginning. So the person that was that was recording was another McMichael, and that McMichael is currently under investigation as well. Um, and I hope that that person also ends up getting charged because they were complicit in their actions in recording this murder take place, okay? Uh, and uh, so what makes me think is, is maybe there was an altercation that took place beforehand, maybe a couple days prior, a couple weeks prior, and they saw this kid and they were like, fuck yeah, we'll say he's the one that was breaking into our shit, right? So they loaded up in their truck and they ended up executing him in the middle of the street. Now, Mr. Arbery was completely innocent in this, yes. uh, and it makes me wonder if maybe there has been some either some racial issues between those two, if there's been some other issues between them and the family, because again, it's a pretty small town, uh, according to Mike. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you never know. Uh, I'm really interested to see where the story ends up turning. Uh, Another thing, you know, I'm really sorry to the Arbery family. You know, if you guys ever end up listening to this podcast, I don't want to sensationalize your your child's murder. This this isn't why we're having this podcast. The reason why we're speaking on this podcast about this situation is one, you're just a state right next to us. We fully support your your search for justice, and we want to be there to be able to assist you. So if you guys need anything, push this off to. If anybody in the Arbery family hears this and you need anything from us, feel free to reach out to us. Of course, uh, you can find us both on our Facebook pages. Um, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to be able to assist you. We know that you guys are going through a really challenging time and you're just now kind of getting justice for the situation. Um, so just a little uh, relay on the situation that took place. So Mr. Arbery was running down the road. A truck ended up following him, ended up cornering him, and he ended up escaping. And that, this isn't really being talked about in a lot of the stories, but they already chased him once, right? He ended up escaping them and continuing his run. You know, he just didn't want to deal with their bullshit, I guess is what I'm assuming. They ended up finding him down the road, and that's where we find the video of them, of the the son getting out of the driver's seat with a shotgun and the dad in the back of the truck. And it looks like they're on a hunting trip. It looks like they're out hunting for him. Oh, yeah. You had a guy, literally, he was standing in the back of the pickup truck. You have a, it's a convoy of a targeted, it is a targeted execution. You look at the way they were driving, who was videotaping. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like, it looks like an execution video. It really does. It looks like some paramilitary group yeah. that were just, had a bounty out for a guy and just decided that they were going to kill him. So Mr. Arbery decided that he was going to run around the vehicle to try and avoid contact with these guys, but the son ended up getting out of the vehicle with a shotgun. Mr. Arbery, uh, I, first off, I wish Mr. Arbery had been carrying. Uh, this is why I stress the importance of carrying your weapon. 
because I, you know, Mr. Arby may have died either way. He may have been killed either way, but I think that if Mr. Arby may have had his weapon on him, he would have been able to return shots and hopefully kill both those fuckers. You know, those dudes are bastards, and they deserve every bit of justice that's going to come to them. Absolutely. Um, so it ended up happening. Mr. Arbery ended up going around the vehicle. Uh, the son got out with the shotgun. Mr. Arbery, being just like any other normal human being who doesn't want to die, he lunges at the individual trying to get the shotgun away from him. Okay, so he's trying to wrestle the shotgun away from him. Uh, ends up getting shot. He ends up getting shot a total of three times. Now, there hasn't been any releases as far as... I know a shot. I know he got shot by the shotgun at least once, but I'm not sure if he also got shot by the 357, which is what the dad had. So yeah, we're trying to sort all that out. Um, now he ended up dying, um, and a couple of the reasons as to why these guys weren't arrested is one, I believe that it does have to do with race. I do. I believe it does have to do with corruption in the area. Also, the father McMichael was a detective in that area and retired in that area as a detective. Uh, for I believe 20 something years 23 or 25 years and uh, they felt like it was a conflict of interest but I also feel like they were just going to let this guy go away scotch free and I'm really happy that, that that other McMichael was a dumbass and decided to record the whole event because had they not recorded the whole event I really feel like there would have never been justice served and we would have never known the difference we would have never known the truth of the situation because we would have just been forced to believe that hey, uh, he was a robbery suspect. They ended up going after him, trying to get their stuff back. He shot. He, he attacked them, and then they shot him. And that's what what that's what the media would have been told, and that's what we all would have believed. I think an interesting takeaway too, uh, something to not forget, is just the fact that they had a family member or an acquaintance riding behind them with the video camera out. So they were obviously expecting some kind of confrontation, some kind of incident to take place. The fact that you have him jump in the back of the truck. Like that, I'm. I'm really glad you made it sound like that. It, it looked like a like a hunting. Yeah. Like it. It is. It was scary. You yeah. know, Can you imagine what he must have been feeling running down yeah, the road absolutely. with two cars with two disgusting racist pieces of shit riding after him? Um, you know, and, and I like how you uh, you said. I definitely agree. Um, there had to have been some kind of confrontation. Something had to have happened. Um, in the video that I saw, it did look like he was he was pretty panicked when he was running uh, while the truck was right behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. It reminds me of the scene out of Forrest Gump where he's just like that truck's right behind him yeah, and he's, haul, he's hauling ass. Yeah, it's tra- you know, this like, is tragic. Yeah, absolutely, is it is. You know, uh, and I, I really hope that these dudes end up. You know, and, and it's it, it's interesting because there's a lot of these pages that are coming out that are saying uh, justice for these fear these two God fearing men. Let me tell you something. You don't fear God. I hope that you end up fearing God whenever they come down with an execution notice on both of you, and I hope that you watch your son get executed and you get executed the following week. I hope that that happens because you murdered an innocent man for no other reason than you wanted to be a vigilante or uh, stemming from racism. Of course. And that the, the thing is, too, it, this was a very bright, prominent young man. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He, he had no prior convictions. Even if he did have prior convictions, even if he was a felon, you know, let's, let's even say that. Let's say he was a felon. You have no reason to go out there with a shotgun and fucking kill the kid. Absolutely not. He's out on a morning run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um... Anyways, you know, uh, I'm really have, glad that these guys ended up getting arrested. I'm really proud of the UWB community who's been reaching out. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you know who I am. Reach out, get a hold of me, get a hold of Barrow. Uh, feel free to get a hold of us at any time. Uh, as more information drops down, this will probably be one of those continual stories that we'll be talking about for the next couple of months, all the way up until the trial comes out. Yeah. Um, just to keep people up to date, because this was a violation of human rights. This was a violation of his constitutional rights, and the dude was killed. And uh, justice is justice deserves to happen. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think uh, I think some good takeaways from this though. Um, in in all of these tragedies, generally there is there's some positive that comes out of it. Um, so far, I haven't seen any uh, you know massive physical riots or anything like that going on, uh, which is not the way to handle the situation. But what I have been seeing is a lot of really uh, really just upstanding people. Uh, it's a 2.23 mile run. And a lot of people are doing that in memoriam of them and stuff like that. A lot of people are taking the social media to discuss with words what's going on. Um, so I, I think this is, you know, it, again, with tragedy, I think there is a major opportunity to, uh, to learn from this. Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm very, very happy that justice has been served uh, finally. And, you know, it's not been served quite yet. But the fact is that, you know, I, I think we're starting that process now that they've actually, uh, you know, been arrested and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens with them. So I just ended up getting a uh, an update on one of the stories. So is it saying that at one point Arbery was arrested by them? Uh, he was investigated by the DA's office that the dad and the son worked for. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that's interesting. So Mr. Arbery, Mr. Arbery was was investigated by the DA's office that both Gregory Michael. And uh, Travis McMichael. So Gregory Michael is the father. Travis McMichael is the son. Uh, apparently, they had investigated Mr. Arbery at some point. So, you know, there's obviously something a little more fishy going on here. There's something that's not being said. There's something that they're not relaying. Uh, I think that there's a little more to this story, and I think it's going to prove uh, the racial issues uh, that Gregory Michael and Travis, or Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael, have right. against Mr. Arbery. Uh, you know, he was a good kid. Yeah, he was. The bottom of the line, yeah. And if it, you know, as as shitty as this is, if it is a racial situation, which I think it is going to play out to be, uh, you know, you have, you can only look at so many facts and say, well, this is just a coincidence. Now, nah, this is it's not a coincidence. All right. the facts are lining up. You have a clear shot video of you know what's going on. So of an execution in America. An execution. In you know, America. It, and every American should be outraged. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It doesn't matter what you are. It, this should piss everybody off. That yes. things like this are taking place. Don't don't hold so close to your your race because let me tell you something. We all bleed red, okay, yep. uh, and we're all Americans. Of course. Um, and this should really bother people a lot more than what it is right now. People should really be upset about this. That, that you can be followed on the street by two armed men. Again, I'm com I'm a complete huge advocate of of gun rights, but these two individuals acted irresponsibly with their weapons. And they deserve to be or, uh, prosecuted. And these that. are the types of individuals who don't need to have weapons. Who do not need to have weapons. Right. You don't. Sh you don't get to be a vigilante. No, absolutely not. I think they had that. Uh, you know. And again, this. I need to just make a disclaimer here real quick. This is. Uh, this is not an attack on all law enforcement. Obviously, we love law enforcement. There are a lot of very good individuals in there. But what what is sticking out like a sore thumb to me is with them being previous law enforcement, with having that side of their... You know, yeah, they didn't want to burn their own. They did not want to burn their own, but also they have they already have that mindset of, I'm the one who handles these situations. You know, the you know the fact is, he should have called law enforcement. If they <laughs> Absolutely, were if you were expecting a confrontation. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Especially with the other Michael recording them, they were expecting something to take place. Uh -huh. If you're expecting a confrontation, the whole police, the, the law enforcement's job is to handle those confrontations. Now, there's some times where you just have to handle things yourself, but nonetheless, this wasn't one of those situations. He was still going to be running down the same damn road. Exactly. You know, they would have caught up to him. And to be running that same route for years. Yeah, exactly. For years. That, that's pretty prolific. You know, that really tells you that there might have been something else that's at play in this um, other than what the McMichaels are saying. You know, I really think that the McMichaels uh, executed this guy, this guy uh, for more reasons than what they're saying. Yep. Uh, scumbags.
scumbags. Man. But yeah, so as this story ends up progressing, because we're going to hear a lot more about it in the next couple of months, we're going to continue to give it to you guys as best as we can. Um, but yeah, so what else you got today, man? Uh, okay, so um, a big thing, I had some information brought up to me uh, about the coronavirus, um, and luckily I had seen a few videos describing some stuff uh, that I've done my own research on, and honestly, I, I find to be it's pretty eye-opening, pretty scary, um, and I'll leave it up for interpretation for everybody. I'm not going to make any crazy claims, uh, but there are a few bets that I can make in the future about certain pharmaceutical companies that will be able to uh, post out these vaccine and just some really eye-opening things. Okay, so uh, I just want to clarify, guys, that I I don't I'm not privy to any of this content that he's about to bring up. I deliberately put it that way because I want to be because I'm pretty clueless to this whole COVID stuff and exactly what's taking place because I'm kind of focused elsewhere. This is sort of where Barrow's expertise comes in whenever it comes to things like this. Um, I follow more political stuff, so I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. Um, and if you guys have any more questions, I would really, uh, and I, I didn't ask these questions on the podcast. If you want more questions answered, please reach out to Barrow and he'll be able to answer them the best that he can. And if you want to get a hold of either of us, uh, it's just reach out through the, uh, the Instagram or the Facebook directly yeah, and both of us, uh, obviously have access to that. So either one of us will get back. You to can you hit me up on my personal, you can hit me up on the private, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Just reach out to me. If you have questions, comments, concerns, agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Just feel free to reach out. And uh, I do want to make it very clear uh, to everybody, um, if there's anybody who disagrees or is just you know, going to claim uh, this is bullshit what I'm about to say, contact us. Uh, we will provide links, direct links to every single bit of information I'm going to say. This is not made up. This is not me you know, flabbergasting anybody or blowing smoke up ass. This is a cool. it's a real thing. So anyways, uh, just to, to dive into coronavirus, just so everybody understands where we're at. Currently, right now, uh, there there has been four million fifty thousand six hundred and seventy five cases of coronavirus so far worldwide. Okay. Um, right now, we have over two million active cases, and we have over a million and a half uh, closed cases. The recovery rate is eighty four percent, eighty four percent. So, out of the entire, uh, you know, everybody that's gotten it, the amount that has been recovered is one million four hundred six thousand twenty eight. That is a staggering number, eighty four percent. So, when we start talking about coronavirus. Um, a big thing that we need to start talking about is actually what kills it. Uh, you know, okay. we, we talk about vaccines. Currently, right now, we obviously don't have a vaccine, correct? No vaccine is out there. That's why it's so now, scary. Now, is hydroxychloroquine one of those things that they decided just isn't working anymore? Um, from, from my understanding, it's just something that's not really being talked about. And every okay. physician and doctor that has talked about it, YouTube, Google, there's a lot of these, uh, you know, these platforms that are censoring. Hydroxychloroquine, and it's... A lot of really? it, all okay. of it. These these physicians are talking about uh, hydroxychloroquine. That's how you say uh -huh. it. Um, I I've been reading on that a lot, and that was something that I also looked up. Um, <clears throat> but from my understanding, that was actually a controlled substance, um, not drug wise. But that's a uh, um, you have to be prescribed. I, I don't. You're saying? I don't know if it was a prescription, but from what I was reading, it's not something that you can just. Yeah, you, you can't. You you do have to be prescribed uh, okay. hydroxychloroquine. Um, but when we're talking about uh, coronavirus, this is straight from a physician um, who did want to remain anonymous okay. uh, from all this. But basically, uh, the things right now that have been proven to kill it, uh, kill the coronavirus. So right now we have 80 degrees, 80 degree weather. That's, that's pretty weak right there if, you're, yeah, if you want me to be honest. All you had to do was go outside in the middle of the summer and get you know, taken away. So 80 degrees, hot water, vitamin C, laundry detergent. Stomach acid, when it comes, if you swallow it, it directly hits stomach acid. Stomach acid takes it away as well, and direct sunlight. And also, it can only live on your hands for five to ten minutes. So I do have a couple of questions, like right off the bat. Okay. Um, so uh, just a few of the questions. So uh, why is it that we're hearing a narrative from the media to where it's able to stay alive for 40 days? Why are we hearing things like uh, 
temperatures of like 200, 300 degrees are the only thing that ended up killing this thing? Are we being told lies, and why do you think we're being told lies? Well, I think uh, that is a very good question. Um, just first uh, to put out there, it does last longer on metal. Uh, that is a proven thing. So okay. right there, that might be the 40, the 40 day days okay. that they're talking about. So uh, when, when coming in contact with your skin, human hands, it's five to ten minutes. Metal is a longer. They didn't give an exact date. Okay. But, um, I do believe. I can't that, imagine it being forty days from five to ten minutes. You know, no, that's a I, massive uh, increase. I think you're right. I think there is a narrative. I absolutely do because uh, what what I have just learned and the things that I have looked up, I one million percent believe that there is a narrative. You have a lot of physicians talking right now. There are thousands of doctors and physicians being monitored and literally being shut down. Their videos are being taken off of YouTube. They're being taken off of Facebook, and they're they're screaming. To the people saying, "Look, this is this is very serious, right? COVID nineteen, coronavirus. It is a very serious thing." But at the same time, we have the flu, and uh, we have influenza. You know what I mean? And it is something that people have kind of been born into. They're used to it coming every single year. They're used to getting their vaccines. Um, and yes, as of right now, uh, I, I do believe out of the deaths we have, we have a very large more amount of deaths from coronavirus than we do. Uh, from the influenza. For, from influenza. From influenza, what I saw, I think a number I read for last year was uh, close to sixty to 70,000 deaths. That is still a lot of deaths, but the reason that's monitored is obviously because we have the vaccine. So uh, a question for you. Why is it that we're being, being put on lockdown right now whenever the flu kills a lot of people as well? Well, that's the thing. That, that, that's what, these are the questions that are, we need people to start thinking about. And I've done a lot of thinking, and honestly, I, I don't know. Have you heard of this pandemic? Plandemic? Yeah, apparently it's a plan. Like there's some sort of like governmental plan from either oh. China or Let America. Me, uh, yeah, you ready? You ready for me to blow the lid off this thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, brother. So the uh, so exactly like you just said, plandemic. Um, again, I am not going to make crazy false claims. I am leaving it up to you, Drake, and the listeners to make their own assumptions. Of course. So. We have, uh, back in 2006, there was an applied 13, patent. 13 years ago. 13 years ago, there was an applied patent for coronavirus. 14. 14 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Even longer. <laughs> um, there was a U.S. patent that was applied for, uh, and if anybody wants to look this up, the patent number is US 20062578852. And if you need a link to it, I will send it to you. But this patent, the title is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus. So that so I just want to clarify. So you're saying that the specific patent number, if you look it up in like this patent file, because they they all you can pull it up any patent, right? If you pull up that specific number, it will say coronavirus and list the symptoms of coronavirus. It is literally listed as severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus, and under there, uh, when you click on it, and I can send the link to anybody. Okay. You go on it. It starts listing off down to the cellular level every single thing that makes coronavirus a coronavirus. Now, we obviously need to. Why would you patent? The coronavirus. Well, why would you pen it? So that is something we're going to get to. But right, okay. right now, the thing is, uh, it is important. I know a lot of people are saying, well, this is COVID-19. It's a different strain. When it comes down to business, you're talking about trademarks and patents. You're talking about patenting a name that is literally the exact, it is the broad spectrum of COVID-19, which is coronavirus. Okay. They have patented. So anyways, um, okay, so I'm going to get into the history real quick. So back in 2006, this U.S. patent was uh, uh, basically put in by a company called Chiron. Uh, which is a pharmaceutical company. How do you spell Chiron? K-Y-R-O-N. Okay. Uh, you can do your own research on that company, but um, Chiron, uh, the patent was then bought out by one of the uh, top 10 leading pharmaceutical institutions in the world, which is called GlaxoSmithKline. Um, and the, the weird anomaly here is that GlaxoSmithKline, guess what they specialize in? 
flu? Vaccines. Oh, really? Okay. So they, and the thing is with the, the U.S. patent, this is the vaccine. Okay. This is the vaccine <laughs> patent. Okay. So you have a vaccine, you know, uh, headstrong company. So you have a coronavirus vaccine patent. So, yes. So you're essentially saying that only one company that owns this patent is able go, is going to be able to create the vaccine. Well, I that is one of my speculations here. Okay. Um, that is a speculation because that is one of those things that I'm going to bet my money on. Uh, and we're going to have a serious fucking problem if and we who, find out. this company? If we find GlaxoSmithKline. Okay. That is for the vaccine. Um, right now, we're going to have to do more digging because what's going to happen, especially with us being military, when you go and get your shots and you have your shot records, you can see the distribution companies. You can see the actual companies that are uh -huh. creating and shipping these uh, vaccines out for multiple things. We, or we're riddled with so many shots, you know this. Um, but what, uh, what, what really, really is going to scare me is when it comes down to it and the vaccine is pushed out, if it ends up being this GlaxoSmithKline company, uh, that is going to show a massive, massive breach, uh, basically insider plan. That would be a pandemic. But what is more scary, Drake, what is more scary, and I need everybody to listen up right the fuck now. This is where, this is the wake-up call. Um, we need to talk about the European patent, which was applied for in 2014. Uh, and this is just basic coronavirus. This is not the vaccine. And what was the other patent applied for, 2006? Yes, so we have two different dates here. 2006 was for the vaccine patent. And so there's, again, to clarify, so there's two different types of patent processes that whenever you're applying to different regions in the world. So you have a U.S. patent, you have a European patent, you have an Asian patent, you have a like an Australian patent, right? Yes. Okay. So with that, um, these this one is going to be what I'm going to discuss now is the European patent. So you have your U.S. patent as vaccine, which is owned by GlaxoSmithKline, which was put in for 2006. Now you have a European patent. Everybody, listen up for the number in case you want to look it up. EP three one seven two three one nine eight one. So that was applied for in 2014. Um, there's also multiple different ones listed under this EU patent for coronavirus. And guess, uh, you, do, you, do you want to take a guess at the institute that owns all of the coronavirus patents? Well, I actually have paid a little bit of attention to this. Uh, I mean, I'm going to assume that it's the Gates. Okay, so it is the Purebright Institute. Okay. It is the Purebright Institution, which is a, uh, a pharmaceutical institution. So you have the Purebright Institution. And guess what foundation is the owners of the fucking, literally the company that owns the patents to coronavirus applied for in 2014. Guess the foundation, buddy. I actually forgot my my uh, glass ball today. Oh, So God, I God. unfortunately cannot see it. So Brother, what is it? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay. Back in 2014. This is Bill Gates' parents who start, or not his parents, Jesus, I'm sorry. This is Bill and this is Bill Gates and his wife. I'm sorry. Not, no, you're not okay. his parents. I know you're, you're stoked I'm right stoked, now. man. Uh, I, I think I broke the case here, man. I'm an investigator. But basically, um, you, have, you have Bill and Melinda Gates, the okay. foundation. You literally look up Purebright Institute, and it is inside of Now, the, can you spell that? Spell oh, that yes, yes. for us? P-I-R-B-R-I-G-H-T. Purebright. Yes. It's, it's pronounced a little different. Um but even even scarier, Drake. What is even scarier right now that is going to uh, that is going to kind of make this valid more is you have two separate patents: vaccine patent and a general coronavirus patent, which has multiple different patents for all different you know breakoffs and chains. And so so because there is multiple different types of coronavirus strains. Yes, and okay. right now we're dealing with. So COVID the general patent is for any future coronavirus outbreaks that take place? No, so from my okay. understanding, when I was looking into it, obviously I'm no doctor, uh, so when I'm looking at, literally it looked like Chinese to me. Uh, looking down into it, what, what sticks out like a sore thumb to me is when you look at business and you look at a trademark, 
when you are going to patent a name such as severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus, you are directly talking about what COVID-19 is. No matter what's no matter what strain you're talking about, what scares me, if this is true, it might not end up being true, but what scares me is it's basically, you're taking a patent and trademark, you're trademarking that name basically. Okay. So when you're talking about vaccines being distributed, you're already having a monopoly on the name of what the virus is. But the problem is, we already knew about coronavirus way back in the day, early 2000s. So you have 2006 and 2014 that these patents were applied for. You wanna guess uh, when they were uh, basically granted these patents, when they were approved? Um, I would say probably before the coronavirus outbreak. A month. Oh, really? Before the coronavirus, November 2019, both of these patents were just granted. Really? So that is a so, month. So that, that's not that's like so I know coincidence coincidences take place in the world, but that's not a coincidence. That's like ingenious planning. And even if you want to say it is a coincidence, you know what? It happens once. You know what? Two thousand six. We'll talk about the vaccine one. If the vaccine from 2006 was then granted November 2019, you know what? Maybe that was a coincidence. But you know what's not a coincidence is that we have, uh, what? So we have a six-year trial, six year basically, gap. to get there. We have a six-year gap for the general coronavirus vaccine, or uh, I'm yeah. sorry, for the patent. And then you have a 14-year span. So the fact that both of these were done so far apart, eight years apart. But happened at the same time for approval. But happened at the same time for approval before this happened. And now what scares me the most, though, is you talk about uh, all of these CEOs and stuff like that. We're going to talk about Bill Gates right off the bat before I get into the list. So, of so do you think Bill Gates is like the head of the, like the genius out of conspiring with all this stuff? Well, I, I'm not going to make a crazy claim like that because I don't think that is my place. Um, Bill Gates might literally be the savior we need. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to make a claim about a man okay. who I don't know personally. but. Yeah. The facts that are lining up is what scares me. And the fact that uh, you know it's the Bill and Gates Foundation that is the owner of the pharmaceutical institution that owns these patents, that is scary. Mm -hmm. That is eye-opening because now you have a CEO who has stepped down from Microsoft and as the board member of uh, the Berkshire Hathaway, he has stepped away from literally his income. He has stepped now, what away. is Berkshire Hathaway? Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, um, I believe it's like a financial. An investment firm? It's an investment firm okay. uh, with Warren Buffett, if anybody knows who that is. So yeah. that is you know major investor, so it's a huge, massive company. So for him to step down from both of his companies to literally run and run the head of all of this vaccine talk, now he's talking about, uh, from what I've been hearing, it's like ink stamps, it's microchips, it's talking about all of our So you're saying that after we end up getting the, the, the vaccine that we'll end up being forced to have some sort of well for, my, well, for my understanding, that is the vaccine. Oh, really? Yes. That, from my understanding, from and then again, I am, and I am that part. I have not done a lot of research on. Okay. I looked it up, but the problem is, uh, when you go on Google, you're seeing a lot of censorship, and you're not seeing a lot of the stories uh, that a lot of you should be able to pull up with, you know, official interviews. But what I've been seeing uh, is basically, it's what everybody's kind of scared about is if this is going to be a required vaccine. Now, if we are required to get this vaccine, and it is then pushed out by this GlaxoSmithKline, or even if you know any company owned by this the Gates Foundation buys out this patent from GlaxoSmithKline, we are gonna look at almost, it's it's not insider trading, but it is, it is I mean, that is a planned pandemic. Uh, and the thing that also scares me, uh, if anybody doesn't know this, Bill Gates often, often talks about overpopulation. He does, yeah. Obviously, you know, that is a, that is a, voice of concern. That is something that as human beings, we do need to worry about, not in this lifetime, but definitely for our future generations. You know, that is something to think about. Um, 
but then you you start looking up and seeing all these patents that were put in 14 years ago, you know, uh, six years ago, and then you see who's owning it and now who's running the head of saying who needs to get these vaccines. So it almost makes me think, you know, with Bill Gates running it and there's already a patent on, is Bill Gates going to create a deal with GlaxoSmithKline? Is he going to buy out GlaxoSmithKline? So I do have a question for yes. you. Yeah. So as we saw, Trump enacted his war capabilities to fight this pandemic. Okay. So that means that he was able to dip into more funds and kind of circumvent. Like, let's say that um, Bill and Melinda Gates has this patent, right? And they are the sole owners of this patent. If Trump enacts his war capabilities, then that means that he would be able to tap into their patent with or without their consent because he would be able to get a vaccine from that to help the general public, correct? So, I mean, is there really a place to be afraid? If he could enact his war-fighting war capabilities on, a, on COVID-19, couldn't he do it for COVID-20? Absolutely. I mean, that could definitely happen. With, but when you look down at it, I don't think Trump's going to make an executive decision to say, we are going to push this vaccine out when there's already a pharmaceutical institution willing to do it. If yeah. anything, the, the government's going to make a deal with them, and it's going to be pushed out. And a, a quick number, I just I wanted <clears throat> just to kind of put this into perspective. What Bill Gates is quoting is he says the world would need as many as 14 billion with the B doses of coronavirus vaccine to stop this virus. And how long would that take? Uh, he was talking about 18 months. So he thinks that he would be able to vaccinate four, or well, there's not 14 billion people. But well, 14 billion doses. What I, from what I was reading was seven billion people, 14 yeah. billion doses, a year and a half to get that done. I mean, that's a really huge number in a short period of time. You're, you're talking number. about having people lined out the doors for weeks. Yes. But, but again, what, what is, what's scary. And of course he's going to end up getting paid from that, like from that patent. So are you saying that, that maybe that his, him, well, being, I, him having this patent makes him the sole proprietor of this? So it's essentially just money grabbing for him? Well, that's the thing that you need to think about. What is the reason a pharmaceutical institution is going to patent the yeah, coronavirus? Absolutely. Because that clearly is saying the coronavirus was, you know, what they talk about back then was it obviously is from an animal, animal to animal. And now it's animal to human, right? It's being transferred, carried through animals. Yeah. The thing that is, uh, you know, it's, it's sticking out to me like a sore thumb is, you know, why, why, why would they patent it? And they have multiple, multiple, multiple dozens. This isn't just one patent. This is a shit ton of patents on different strains. And this is owned by Bill Gates' foundation, which is owned by Bill Gates, who is literally running you know, like, by the CDC. What's, what's strange for me is how oddly specific it is. How it, oddly it, specific, like, you know... You would have to be able to see a crystal ball, or you would have to be able to deliberately put something out there to plan for your patent to be this oddly specific name, coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, it's strange how specific it is. It is. Um, and you know, it, not only did he give the symptoms of it, but he gave the specific name of what we call it. Exactly. And this was in this 2006 and 2014. Exactly. But what you're talking about here, too, is something, obviously, it is a different strain. Uh, so with different strains, it's going to have different capabilities. It's going to have different antibodies in there. I think that's the correct word to fight off vaccines. It's going to, there's so many different things that I don't even understand. Uh, but it is something to think about when you name it severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus. That's what, that is what COVID-19 is. That is exactly what COVID-19 yeah. is. So if GlaxoSmithKline has already gotten a monopoly on this. Then they're uh, about to become filthy rich. Oh, and very powerful. Oh, very powerful. If they and you think the that, that and you think that that's the play possibly is power control, I, population control. Well, right now we have thousands. Uh, I think there is a massive, massive, and this is a. I mean, besides the pandemic on coronavirus, there's a fucking pandemic on being censored. 
censorship right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there are thousands of physicians and doctors right now that have been trying to get their uh, message out there, uh, specifically uh, one in New York, I forget his name, um, but there are a lot of very, very high up, intelligent and respected members of the medical community out, out crying to the American people yelling, look, this is a weak fucking virus. We have over 80%, over 85% recovery rate. Okay. And yes, I'm, I'm, I am not <clears throat> desensitized to the fact that over 250,000 deaths, that is a tragedy. This is a fucking tragedy. Well, but when you're talking about something that has a 16% death rate, and we are being like forced to shelter in our homes, our rights are being taken away. You have, you have rapists and you have murderers being released from prison right now. Mm -hmm. And they I are putting it. salon owners and that. tattoo shop owners in fucking jail. Yeah, you have, that is that is insane. Yeah, it's criminal. Um, and, and but but again, um, on on the devil's advocate side of that though, you also need to look at it from a general public safety standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. A government should if want to protect its people. Exactly. But the thing is, there's so much distrust for our government that you can't be sure if you're doing if they're doing the right thing or not. And just to fuel that fire of distrust, look at the fucking patents. Yeah, absolutely. Look at these patents, and look, there are already pharmaceutical companies doing this. And you know what? If it wasn't Bill Gates that owned this, I would just be saying, you know what? It's pretty wrong that a company would own this. But what's even worse is that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation owns the company who owns most of the patents. They own dozens of, uh, maybe not dozens, I'm sorry, we'll say 10 at a minimum. Okay. It was a long list of patents directly for coronavirus. So out of these multiple patents, that's going to be different strains. Mm -hmm. This is owned by the man who stepped down from his company to be running the CDC. Now, why do you think he, ste he stepped down? Um, okay, so before I tell you why I think he stepped down, um, I need to say a very interesting fact, uh, statistic here. We have 37 CEOs exited in 2019 from their companies. 37 CEOs. Is that there is a percentage as far as what the average normally would be for a year for a CEO stepping down from major companies? Um, I, I don't know that percentage, but okay. this was... All I know is 37 was a record-breaking year. We have not had a year where this amount of CEOs has stepped down. And we're not talking about the CEO of United We Move, a little <laughs> podcast. No, we're talking about the CEO of Nike. We're talking about the CEO of Hulu. We're talking about the CEO of Under Armour. Alphabet. Alphabet. Which uh, is Google. Bill Gates. Uh, United Airlines. Expedia. SoulCycle. Gap. McDonald's. Even, yes. Wells Fargo. Uh, overstock. There are so many major companies, and that makes you think. Out of thirty-seven CEOs, to step down in twenty nineteen to have a record-breaking year like that, right before we have this global pandemic where everything is being shut down, businesses are going bankrupt. I, it sounds like planned situation to me, doesn't it? I mean, I, I can't really say that it sounds planned. It's definitely strange. Uh, everything that you told me so far is definitely strange. Um, between them being there being patents in America and Europe for very specific strains and non-specific strains of coronavirus down to the molecular level, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely very odd. Uh, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that there is some sort of plan there. Um, it's just I'm trying to find the connection between this coronavirus pandemic and CEOs stepping down. Well, I think. Okay, so the way I would look at that, you know, I think we actually did just uh, briefly discuss it. The uh, um, the idea of what was the, uh, the not the compound, but the gentleman's club where everybody meets with the giant stone owl uh, that starts with oh, the Oh, uh, Bohemian Grove? So we've already discussed Bohemian Grove. So we already do so know you that think that you think that that's some sort, like there's some sort of uh, secret club. society or something that's playing in I mean, if, play we, if we truly think that all of these, the richest people in the world aren't discussing with each other the things that's going on, if you really yeah, think the man 
who is running up the CDC is not going to reach out to his fellow CEOs who are the, in charge of the, you know, the top companies in the entire world. Um, these guys aren't, aren't just millionaires, they're billionaires. Mm -hmm. um, hundreds mm -hmm. of millions of dollars worth of worth. Um, I, think it is, I think it's kind of outlandish to not at least wonder if there isn't no, some agree. kind of reaching out like, hey, uh, you know, we need to discuss this. There is coronavirus about to happen. They already knew about the coronavirus. There's fucking patents. They already knew about it. And the yeah, fact yeah. that both of these got the the thing that the thing that scares me, Drake, is the government is the one who granted these patents November 2019 for both of them. So you're saying that you think that maybe the government has a play in this? And what do you think the government's if the if the answer is yes, what do you think the government's play in this? Would it be population control, controlling the population uh, by force? Brother, I have no idea. I think I think there are so many different possibilities and rabbit holes here, but I am I'm not going to be the one to make the crazy claim. I refuse to sound like the crazy man, but what I what I will do is I will bring forth this information so everybody can have their own mm -hmm. ideas and mentality about what's going to come. But what I will say is, if this does end up happening, and GlaxoSmithKline is the company that's going to push this out, um, out of all of this stuff, if the things that I'm saying does end up being true. That is going to be the scary moment, and that is when I will step up and say, you know what, this is this is wrong, this is insane, and this was a controlled and planned pandemic. We I don't... just live in such a strange time, you know. We live in such a weird time in scientific innovations and technological innovations. We live in one of the most technologically advanced ages in history, and maybe, just maybe, we're so advanced that um, this is our modern-day way of dealing with population control is because when you now have the science and now instead of having like take Hitler for example okay you know science was kind of advanced back then but it wasn't nearly as advanced as what it is today and that should be a given but we had a person to point a finger at now we can't point a finger at something we can't see we can't point a finger at a virus so maybe this is the modern day way of terrorism or of tyranny in fighting things uh, or fighting uh, population control well I agree and I it's an interesting subject because obviously, um, you know, there is there is going to be eventually an issue with overpopulation, right? That is a known thing. Um, you know, if we look at how far that's partially why we explore space right now. Exactly, exactly. Look at Elon Musk when he's talking about getting to Mars. That man is quantum so mechanics, driven. Quantum mechanics, physics, uh, just so many different things. And his his goal in life is to die on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> he's By like, the way, Elon Musk, he is. The, one of the smartest fucking dudes I've ever heard talk. Absolutely. I, I, I'm almost fully convinced he's an alien. Like, if, if there was any person who could come to Earth and convince people about things, it would be Elon Musk. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the dude is just such a genius. And as a matter of fact, right before the podcast, I was just watching a little bit of a documentary on him on his, on his, uh, his ups and downs to the Tesla business, through SpaceX, you know, and the dude has tried and tested... I really, really respect that guy. Did you also see that he had a uh, he had a son? Yeah. Did you see the name? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is X A E A twelve. But the A E is pushed together. Yeah. And then the twelve is based on the uh, what the uh, uh, like a predecessor uh, plane or yeah yeah uh, for, no it was a plane um, that the Air Force had I think like forty years ago or something yeah. like that. Definitely really interesting, you know, and that that just. That just goes to show like the type of brain he has. It's just things completely different from the average person, and I really enjoy hearing him talk. I agree. I agree. Anyways, I agree. we kind of got down a rabbit hole. So what do you no, say? No, no, that's fine. Um, well, just what's getting to me is we need, uh, you know, we can't absolutely just go insane and say, you know what? Well, these patents are here and they are in place. Um, and this isn't just speculation. This is a real thing. This is something you can look up literally straight through Google Docs. It's right there, the patent office. Uh, you look at the like the government website. It, it is directly right there. Um, so, uh, no, 
I don't know. You kind of have to play the devil's advocate on both sides. You really have to because obviously we do have an issue um, where this coronavirus is absolutely out there. There are people dying from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but along with that, uh, dude, I don't know. I'm lost for a train of thought. Uh, there's, you know, just... There's so much fucking going on There's right so now, right? much going on right now. Um, there's a lot going on under the table. Um, so, dude, I don't know. It's just... Uh, it really gives you something to think about because if, if, in fact, what you're saying is true, then you're implying that there's a huge governmental conspiracy, yeah. that there's governmental insight, overreach, and that everything that's happening right now is not only planned, but we're just seeing the surface of it. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, the coronavirus, the COVID-19, it was, it, it's been proven and documented now that it was uh, the professor from Harvard with the two Chinese, uh, uh, one lab, one being in the military. Wait, I don't know anything about this, so speak on this real Okay, quick. let me let me pull it up before I, I give the wrong information. Um, no, absolutely. So, um, so you're saying that there was a Harvard professor that was working with two Chinese individuals? Yes. And then they went back to Wuhan? Give me... Because I had heard a little bit about that, but I hadn't heard too much on it. No worries, man. Okay, here we go. Got it right here on justice.gov. This is the Department of Justice, uh, DOJ. So Harvard University professor and two Chinese nationalists charged in three separate China-related cases. So what ended up happening uh, is, uh, you know, you had this, uh, the professor. Okay. He had massive deposits into his account, uh, um, I think upwards of $50,000 a month. Um, And he had been uh, taking multiple trips to Wuhan, uh, working in a lab. So what is being happened is he was being paid by... China, by the Chinese government or whatever Chinese institution or uh, company was paying him, uh, it is in his bank account. He's, he's being paid to get there. Uh, okay. He also had two Chinese nationalists working with him. One of which was caught in a airport with a bunch of uh, hazardous material. Really? Yes. Um, See, so I had heard something briefly on that, but I hadn't done too much searching because there's been a lot of misinformation that's been going on with this between trying to find who's to blame. No, of course. Well, with this, um, he specifically, uh, he was he was the chair. Okay, so anyway, this guy's name is Dr. Charles Lieber. Uh, he's 60 years old. He's the chair of Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Harvard University. Okay. The man had taken multiple trips, had two Chinese nationalists working with him, uh, one of which got caught, and it was the lab was in Wuhan where the breakup was. So yeah. it's a very well, obvious... Did you also see how close the CDC uh, department is in Wuhan to the uh, the live market? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I were if I were to commit an atrocity like this, if I were to be so scientifically in touch and had a disease and I felt like population control was something that, that uh, needed to happen, wouldn't I, re- being so close to a, uh, a live animal market and that being the headlines of a lot of diseases and things that happen, wouldn't I just go over there and release it or claim or release it elsewhere and then claim that it came from there? Absolutely. And what makes you think too is, I mean, what if this, uh, what if Dr. Charles Lieber, what if this was, what if this was more than just him? You know, we have, we talk about the Las Vegas shooting. We talk about a lot of these things where it's, it's pretty probable that people got set up. It's pretty probable that, you know, people were not, you know, doing what they, what they say was happening. So I, so, so just to clarify, I, 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 um, the one thing I'm going to disagree with is the Las Vegas shooting. I think that it was kind of clear that it was him. I, you did bring in some pretty compelling stuff, but I understand where it is that you're coming from. Is there are some things where it makes it look like it's something that it isn't. There are mysteries in yeah, the case. Um, absolutely. Like there are some very peculiar things that took place with the, with the Las Vegas shooting. And I'm not saying that it wasn't him, but I just haven't seen compelling evidence enough to be able to say it wasn't him. Of course, of course. It, it, I, I just want to clarify. No, no, absolutely. Um, but, but in comparison between the two, it's just, uh, it's, 
it makes you think, man. Um, if this was coronavirus was already a thing, and then they worked on a new strain, mm -hmm. to be working on a new strain like that, and for it to break out like it did, it was being weaponized, right? Yeah. So why would they be working on a separate strain that would ravage the world in such a way that they're talking about? Um, but but according to what you were saying earlier, it isn't ravaging the world exactly. as bad. So what do we? So the question is, is what are we really facing? What are we facing? And are we is, facing misinformation? Are they trying to slowly take away our rights? Um, brother, are they I, trying I, to test? I know I'm just asking no, general no, questions. Um, are they just trying to test how Americans will react because we are the most armed country in the world? Are they trying to just test how we would react to the government giving us orders? Are they trying to see how we would react to an unknown to something that we can't see? Because it's different whenever you're fighting a person. You can kill a person and you can see that person. And sure, you can also kill a disease or an ailment, illness, whatever it may be, but you can't see it and you have to just rely upon medicine to do that for you. Yep. Uh, or your body's uh, uh, system to do what's, uh, what it needs to do. Well, uh, I, I think there's multiple avenues here. I mean, one, uh, one thing we could talk about is financial. Uh, you know, they pushed out the stimulus check, $1,200. Uh, mm -hmm. So with getting that getting that money pushed out, um, from what I've been reading and understanding is that's going to be taken out of our tax returns next year. Yeah, and what's hilarious is, is that whenever it was first pushed out, they were saying it wasn't going to be taken out of our taxes. So that makes you think a little bit there. What if this was something for a financial gain? What if this is something that we do not know, uh, you know, in terms of governmental budget and stuff like that? Maybe we were in a little bit of a hole. Maybe we needed to push this money out and that saves us money long. I don't know about that but that is a very interesting take saying hey you guys are getting twelve hundred dollars but in reality what we're not going to tell you is this is coming out of your taxes next year yeah you won't be getting mm -hmm. this tax return next year so that is i mean that's a major thing maybe what are, what is and you know what's also kind of interesting is that congress whenever they approved the bill they i believe they set aside 38 or 40 million dollars in personal um personal bonuses for themselves <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's, so, so, it's, so, about, it's so funny. You want to talk about something even more funny is the inside of trading. Oh, yeah, Congress absolutely. Did. Let me give you... Oh. So, so just to clarify, Congress was briefed on this. They were briefed on the pandemic that was coming to America, and they were told that the financial crisis would end up taking place where people would be unemployed. By the way, we have as many numbers uh, unemployed as the Great Depression. Now, there's a couple of different dynamics that take place here that doesn't mean that we're in a Great Depression type thing because back in whenever the Great Depression took place, there were roughly 107 million people that live in America, and now there's 327 million people that live in America. So the numbers are just a little bit different, but we do have the same, we do have the same numbers of people who are unemployed as there were in the Great Depression right now, which is definitely something that is compelling to think about. That is very compelling to think about. Um, so do you wanna, you wanna hear some uh, in, inside trading, uh, what happened with some of these people? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so January 4th. So uh, Jan real, real quick, just tell us what inside trading is. Just so basically, insider trading specifically uh, to this coronavirus or just in general, uh, insider trading would be uh, somebody, and specifically talking about Congress and the government. Uh, that would be a government official before the public uh, well, it couldn't it be a private citizen as well, like if a private citizen... Absolutely, but the thing is, if a private citizen um, is going to do insider trading, I'm not saying that it is wrong, um, and I'm not saying that it's right. I definitely don't believe in insider trading because that, that's not fair for everybody. Well, in, insider trading as a whole on private and public officials is illegal. Absolutely, and that, and that was done January 26 of 2012, uh, okay. and that was agreed upon a lot of them, and that was actually the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge, uh, the Stock Act. Gotcha. Uh, so that, that was already put in place. Uh, but what happened, what took place, and there's multiple dates here. So January 24th, 2020, the Senate Committees on Health and Foreign Relations actually held a meeting with the senators present to brief them on the coronavirus. And this was January 24th. Uh, we'll get this. 
So the following the meeting, Senator Kelly Loeffler and her husband, Jeffrey Sprisher, the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange, they made 27 transactions to sell stocks worth between uh, $1,200,000 and $3,100,000. So insider trading. And two transactions to buy stock in Citrus Systems, uh, which saw an increase following the stock market crash. From vitamin C. From vitamin C. So Sen uh, Senator David Perdue made a series of 112. Democrat or Republican? Uh, I actually, I have no idea who David Perdue is. Um, all I know is he is. I've Senate. heard the name before. Okay. Uh, can, is it all right if real quick we pull up what party he's with? Because I like to know. I, I'm I'm just going to be a gambler man. I'm going to say he's Republican. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's a Republican out of Georgia. Ah, very so, interesting. So and you know it, they they go without impunity because if an individual is if a private citizen is found guilty or even believed to have committed insider trading, they immediately are either hauled off to jail or you don't hear from them anymore. You know, it's that, but you know, since they're Congress and they, they write bills and they're in charge of the country, they're, they operate without impunity because the American people are losing sight that we actually control these people. Absolutely. Yeah. So something too, um, I, actually I didn't even realize this one. So Senator Burr, who's the chair um, of the SIC, uh, which I believe is the Senate Intelligence Committee, um, they stated in an open uh, editorial on how the government could respond to the coronavirus. Um, and through that, on February 13th, him and his wife sold between $628,000 and $1.7 million worth of stocks uh, through 33 transactions. And on the 27th of February, he stated that there's one thing that I can tell you about this. It is much more aggressive in its transmission than anything that we have seen in recent history. Um, so it's, uh, you know, they're, they're selling these stocks and they're literally playing. They're getting money off of the, like, the mental pandemic almost. The, you know, the scaring people, the fear. In which the media outlets are doing and that's exactly what he did he put out on an open editorial conversation there uh scaring the public and then look at all the money they're making off of this um so you're looking at you have you have government officials who we're supposed to trust you have government officials who are supposed to be the ones doing everything right the ones that we're supposed to look up to uh the ones leading us and they are being told before we are and then they're they're pushing millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of personal growth uh and financial gain without any of us knowing so they're letting us all fall they're letting so many, you know how many people had 401ks tied up with the, with the stock market? Mm -hmm. You know how many older generation people? That is their life. That yeah. is their savings. That is their retirement. You know, when the stock market started to go down and was crashing, how many people lost their life savings? Yeah, a lot of people did. Meanwhile, these politicians I'm were told about money. it, and they're like, you know what? Well, we're going to sell everything off. We're going to make all this money with the crash. That is, that's corrupt. That's insane. If they're being told this, there should have there's, been something. There's sane. almost no such thing as a good politician, man. You know, these guys, uh, they, they come into these jobs. Some of them make thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, depending on their location. Some of them make hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. But they end up coming out after you know a couple years of service, millionaires. There's definitely been insider trading going on. It's just that they don't want to get wrapped up in it and they keep their mouth shut on it. One thing I will say, uh, one one politician who I personally can say that I do kind of uh, I, I do kind of like to roll with is uh, Dan Crenshaw. You know who that is? I've heard of him. The one-eyed Navy SEAL. Yeah, no, he's a good dude. Yeah. So I, he, he was on uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast not too was he really? Yeah, I believe so. so. I'm gonna have to give that a listen. Um, I saw him on SNL and stuff like that, yeah. fighting back and poking jabs. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think when it's coming down to the government, man, uh, we we need to keep an eye so, on it. So what about Kershaw? What did he inside trade? Kershaw? Yeah. No, 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 no. You were just saying there's no such really in reality. There's not really such a thing as a good politician. I just wanted to 
Just my yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. There, there are good ones. Um, I just find that a lot of them, regardless of their political party, are just corrupt to, to their bones. Absolutely. They just um, the, the American people are so easily convinced through slick words and uh, policies that sound like they're doing you good that they don't pay them any attention anymore. And I think the big thing too is you know me and you both talk about it. Uh, we talk about it multiple times on the podcast. Is divide. Uh, yeah, and that's exactly what the government's trying to do. That's the agenda. So especially with this division happening. If you're going to talk about a politician who strictly, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a Republican, because I don't want Democrats to feel like we're only ever attacking them. We'll talk about a Republican. If you have a Republican candidate or a Republican politician mm-hmm. who strictly will only stick to Republican you know, bills and rights and all of these different things strictly because he has to be a part of the right, um, that, that just seem, it seems corrupt. It seems like it is a forced division, even upon the politicians, because if you start having leftist views, the thing is, you will be deemed as a Democrat, and you have to, you got to be on either You're side. You're right. So there's no, uh, there's no discretion anymore. Like you can't, you can't sway either way. No. You know? and, 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 and honestly, you know, this is I'm talking about the American people too. The American people are way too judgmental whether someone's left or right wing. You know, instead, honestly, the the best thing that a lot of American people can do is vote independent party. Of course. You know, you guys have seen for the last sixty years. These politicians ravage this country. The last 20 years especially just absolutely destroy this country. And you guys still keep voting for them? At what point do you realize that part of the issue is you and you begin to change? Absolutely. And I, I think a huge problem here too is who, who in their right mind is going to vote for an independent party? When the news media outlets is with constantly their pushing the, who they want to be voted constantly. for out there, yeah, absolutely. You, so you have you have we have, we have a massive misinformation and a lack of education in the system, you know, because then we get these reality TV show type debates that take place where they're just cutting down each other instead of actually talking about policies. Look, I'll be honest with you, I don't give a fuck what skin color you are. I don't give a shit about uh, your your best joke. Um, I want to hear about your policies. I want to hear about the things that are going to in, end up impacting American people. That's what I want to hear about. Absolutely. Um, you know, but instead they get up there and they just talk about each other's appearances and they try to be quick-witted with one another. Shut the fuck up. Go up there and tell us about your policy changes. Tell us about your foreign policy. Tell us, tell us about your immigration policies. Tell about your financial policies. Tell us about the things that you want to implement, the things you agree or disagree with. Tell us about the war. Tell us about what it is that you want to do. There's a million other things to talk about that are far more important that have impacted this country than a person's individual appearance that's going up for president, Congress, legislature, whatever whatever it may be. Of course, and I, I it's actually really interesting. I'm really happy you just brought this up because this is something I actually have a lot of passion in. Uh, you're talking about the presidential debates. Mm-hmm. The fact that we have CNN putting on a presidential debate right there screams leaps and bounds, and not only... Uh, you know, do they? Well, say, Fox does the same thing. Well, Fox does the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, any news, you know, media outlet, but specifically this one instance that I'm going to talk about uh, with Newt uh, Greenridge. Did you hear? Did you hear about that? When is so, it happening? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't pay any attention to hardly any of the debates anymore, man. Okay, okay. I, I, I tune in very, very briefly, and the reasons why I tune in briefly is for what I just said. Is it tends to not be about their policy, and they just gouge at each other. Well, I, it's a fucking. If, it's if, a media. If, if I want to watch, if I want to watch. Uh, people fight over bullshit, then I'll go to uh, a playground and watch little kids argue over toys. World star? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's stupid. Um, so something uh, that, that gets to me is you have somebody that is basically a mediator between the presidential candidates, right? And what they'll say is, you know, you have 30 seconds to discuss why you're going to make America great. <laughs> this is what pisses me off. 30 seconds go. 
And then in between them talking, you have fucking commercials for makeup. You have commercials for toilet paper. You have to commercials that we see every day. Not only that, but then you'll have another candidate that jumps in. Secondly, 30 seconds, you expect for an individual to be able to answer severe, severe policy issues in 30 seconds? This is supposed to be the leader of our country. Yeah. And we are giving them these weird little debates. But uh, specifically, something that really opened my eyes to just the absolute absurdity about the political, uh, you know, debates here um, is what happened to Newt Gingrich, Gingrich, um, and it was at the GOP debate. Literally, he was asked a question uh, based on his marriage. Okay, what was the question? uh, Basically, it was talking about his wife claiming he was having an affair and asking him to have an open marriage. And he literally was asking him, do you have anything to say about that? Asking him about an open marriage with his wife as if that is anything to lead into about the, you know, the president. I don't think... Um, so I, I could kind of understand the validity in that. The reason why is, and again, this point of the podcast to agree and disagree. Uh, the reason why I kind of understand that. Now, I, I that's not a question I would lead in with. But I do think that the way that your marriage goes can also impact and also gives an insight on how you operate as an actual person instead of the, the image that you want to put on in front of the American people. So I think that, that like, let's say he was cheating on his wife. I think that that is very... Uh, important on determining the character of man. No, of course, but this is not something that was just out there. Uh, the problem is, is you have CNN who okay. is attacking a Republican. They singled out literally the opening of this presidential campaign, singling out the Republican who is not going along with their agenda. Okay. That that is the issue to me. Is they're going to reach out? And yes, I understand out of that, but it, within a presidential debate, mm-hmm. to bring that mm-hmm. up, I. I just I find that odd because I guarantee you, if you do a little bit of digging on any of the Dem- uh, Democratic Party there, you could easily find things to ask like, "Hey, what, what about this in your life?" Yeah, no, when absolutely, comes- I hundred percent agree, and that's where it comes down to a couple of different issues. One, I do believe that it is a valid question. As for what I stated, I think that if he is a, if he is cheating and he is legitimately cheating, then it does show character issues. Would it be a leading question that I would start out with? No. Would it be something that I would bring into the conversation eventually? Yes because I think it shows the morality of his character and where his ethics stand. Um, secondly, um, I think that, again, what was I going to say? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Anyways, uh, I think that it is a valid question, um, and I do think so, it does deserve a response. Well, so this happened back in 2007, man, okay. uh, the whole affair thing. This happened back in 2007, and, am I, and I am in no way, shape, or form saying that this is wrong, but when you're talking about um, you know, uh, cheating and stuff like that, in all honesty, we have Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And you have what was her name, Stormy, Stormy Daniels, Stormy Daniels, a porn star. You have you have you have these things going on, right? But in two thousand seven, well, um, so so what's what's the connection between Trump and Stormy Daniels? Well, he, no, no, no. Was he married then, while having an intercourse with her? I I believe that's why he was paying her off. Really? Okay, that was yeah. my, that was from my yeah, understanding. See, I, I didn't know. I wasn't made any. I wasn't made aware of that. I thought that that and that might be false. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Carolyn look that up because I. Yeah, let's not jump in that. But uh, Gingrich did uh, basically admit to it during okay. the, the Clinton impeachment uh, was back March 9th, 2007. That okay. is when he, he admitted this. But in 2020, to open up a presidential debate, to open it up with the mediator asking you, the Republican you know, individual, hey, you, you're having an open marriage with your wife. What's up with that? That is, I'm, I'm sorry, but when it comes down to it, if, if our president has an open marriage, I don't give a shit. If you can run a country, if you are a good leader, if you are for the American people, then I fucking want you. Now, see, and that's where I'm going to disagree with you again, is I do believe if he wants to have an open marriage, absolutely. I don't give a fuck that, that he does that. 
but what she started out with was saying that he was that there was a possibility that they were that he was cheating on his wife. That's what you initially said, and then then his wife confronted him, saying, "Hey, do you want to have an open marriage?" So I disagree on the cheating aspect because then that comes into lying and immorality, and I think that that plays a bigger picture into his character. Now, if they had come together uh, previously and said, "Hey, let's have an open marriage," then sure, let's have an open marriage, then that's fine. Um, but but if cheating took place and then they decided that they wanted to have an open marriage, then it's different. Yeah, uh, I'm happy. I'm doing a little bit of digging right now. I feel a little bit. Uh, I'm 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 leaning more towards your side of the argument now. Uh, so this is actually something that he directly quoted. Uh, I was married very young and had my first daughter when I was very young. In fact, at the end of my freshman year in college, he said of his first marriage to Jackie Batley, his former high school geometry teacher. Um, and after a period of time, about 18 years, things just didn't work out. Uh, I know, see what you're saying. So it was, it was very young. He had a kid. Um, he was married to an older woman who's his geometry teacher. And after 18 years, you know, he cheated. And now he's, but also what I was reading is it was, uh, it was both of his wives. Yeah. One. yeah, see, and that's what so, I'm saying. Is, okay. is, is, yeah. is maybe maybe CNN uh, had a little bit, you know, because I generally disagree with whatever CNN and Fox say. Because here's the thing: they're both pushing. Look at it like this: whenever something big happens, you end up seeing a story that comes out, right? But CNN is pushing one agenda, Fox is pushing one agenda, but you're getting two different stories about the same story. Yep. So one of these motherfuckers are lying. You just have to figure out which one it is. And sometimes it's a lot more challenging than what you think. So maybe CNN actually did have a little bit of legitimacy in this. Um, and they were trying to show the American people, hey, maybe this dude really isn't the best. He's cheating on his wife, especially being Republican. Republicans are meant are, are generally uh, foundational people, whatever. It comes down to family issues and that there's, they, they, uh, they love their wives. They never cheat. So that's kind of – that's the ideology. I, I disagree with it being the first thing that they brought up, but maybe maybe they just wanted to knock out the weak one first. At the end of the day, I think that is a very good point to make, yeah. um, talking about the cheating. I, I am completely with you on that now that I'm actually uh, reading. I should have found that earlier, but I'm, I, I don't know how I didn't. No worries, um, dude. This is the point of the podcast. Of course. Um, but with <clears> that, I would love – what I would love to see is from CNN and Fox, I would love to see the same factual slander – on yeah, and obviously we have fake slander as well. We have you know propaganda basically being put out about certain parties that don't go with them. But what I would love to see is when they do get facts on people and actual you know legitimate facts and legitimacy about why they shouldn't be running for uh, president. Mm -hmm. I would love to see that same attack on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. But just the thing is, is they're not going to do that. And the no, reason why is because they have their own agenda. They're both trying to pedal off who they who they think is going to make them the most wealthiest, is going to bring them the most views and the most legitimacy. So they ask these leading questions. They ask these questions that are going to incite arguments because the American people are hooked on reality television, yep. and they're not. The, and people aren't being adults about the situation. Look, you're literally you're you're judging a person off these bullshit debates who are going to have their hand on the nuclear button. They're going to have their hand in everything that happens in this country, and you're going to make your judgments on a person because either the color of their skin or whatever Fox or CNN decides that they want you to hear. Or these bullshit arguments. Oh, they, that Trump ended up smoking this dude. Like, truthfully, if Trump and Joe Biden were to go against each other first, I would vote for Trump any day because I think Joe Biden is not only mentally unstable. I think that he has a couple of issues as far as his sexuality, yep. um, uh, especially whenever it comes to children. Now, I don't give a shit if he's gay. I don't give a shit what his issue is. Um, but whenever you start messing with kids, that's where I draw the line. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I think that there's also a couple of other issues that are existing. I think he does have dementia, and. If Joe, Joe Biden and Donald Trump were to go against each other, Donald Trump was going to actually decimate him. But let's say Joe, Joe Biden was a, a stand-up dude. He had an excellent foundation, but he just wasn't quick-witted like Trump. People would still vote for Trump even if Joe Biden smoked his ass 
but they would still vote for Trump because uh, Trump um, was more quick-witted than he was. We and that's, that, a terrible, that's a terrible reason to vote for a president. Well, do you want to also know a terrible reason to vote for a president? You also are going to have individuals who are going to vote for Joe Biden. Just yeah. because it's not Donald Trump. Yeah, absolutely. Like I saw, I've seen things online and like actual accounts where people are saying, "I don't give a shit if he did sexually assault." Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Reed. Uh, I believe so. Tara Reed. Yeah. It, uh, I don't give a shit if he did sexually assault Tara Reed. I don't care if she is lying or she is telling the truth. Uh, I'm gonna vote for Joe Biden because I don't like Donald Trump. You realize? How fucking insane is You that? realize the lunacy in that? You realize how illegitimate you make yourself sound? So, the, so the Democratic Party was really big at pushing the Me Too movement. Yeah. Huge at pushing the Me Too movement. I've disagreed with the Me Too movement from the beginning, and the reason why is because there's no due process that's involved with it, with it, and that's why I haven't paid any attention to the Joe Biden stuff. Even though I really hate Joe Biden, think he's a terrible human being, and I think he's an awful politician. Yeah. Um, I still am not going to choose a side on this because he hasn't been given his day in court. This hasn't been brought to court. And I find it coincidentally enough that this happens right whenever he's going for a political party. So that's a little bit shady. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it did happen. But the Me Too movement, a lot of evil people did end up getting caught up. And I am glad that that happened. Yes. And people were found guilty. However, due process. The American people need to hold back their judgment because then you're pushing the Constitution. You're making it null and void. Yeah. Um, so that's so, just my thought on it. So something that definitely, uh, you know, I hate to say grinds my gears, but something that definitely makes me think a little bit is why... Why the hell does CNN and Fox and all of these, you know, these fake slandering news media company, which literally is a known agenda-driven, mm -hmm. you know, company, why do they still have the power? And it's clearly saying that they have, they still have an immense amount of viewers. Yeah, well, and again, it comes down to what I was saying earlier. The American people are so indecisive. They believe whatever it is that's, that's put in front of them instead of doing their own research, and they just believe whatever's put out there. Because here's the thing. I think this also has to do with a bigger political agenda or even a bigger world agenda, is that if they keep, the, if they keep people busy enough, then they're just going to believe whatever's in front of them. So if you're continually chasing money, if you're continually chasing a promotion, if you're continually chasing safety, then you're eventually, whenever you turn on the day because you're busy, your, your day is so packed with just being busy that you're just going to believe whatever you see First. And I think that that's where the American people fell is that we allow these people to get in place because we're so focused on ourselves. Whenever, in actuality, if we just took the time to actually do our own research, we probably would have a decent candidate in office. Well, this is the problem, man. Is you know, there's I, I know you uh, briefly discussed you know the news source that you like getting uh, information from, um, and you have True News, you have a few different you know companies out there. But the problem that I see is where where is the average American? that is not informed about where to get actual news from, where where are they going to go? Because not everybody well, wants see, to... Well, see, I, I believe that that depends on your political views because I think that a lot of people hold on to their political ideologies a little too close. So Which they gonna, do, yes. And they're yes. going to end up uh, believing whatever it is that they choose to believe. But if they were true and they really wanted to believe things, I'd say they still look at Fox, they still look at CNN, they still look at MSNBC, but they should also start looking at independent things. They should start looking at soft rep, which I highly, I highly promote to people. You know, and again, the, this isn't a, an advertisement. They don't pay to say this, they probably have no clue who we are. But SoftRep does an incredible job of international news and issues that are taking place overseas. Uh, uh, and, and, well. and, yeah, you know, and Vice News, even though they kind of get, they they push to the left a lot, they still do have some really good reputable stuff. So you have to pick and choose between these different these different news agencies. I probably use probably fifteen to twenty news agencies that I look at, and See, I can't I can't spout them all off at the top of my head, but. You have to be able to disseminate between what's true and what's what's not. Well, you know what? This is you know this is something that we need to combat. This is not something that we should have to deal with. And I'm sorry. And I understand uh, 
that yes, anybody can go dig that deep. But you know what? If I want to see a story about, you know, if a, if a base gets attacked in Afghanistan, if my boys that are deployed end up getting attacked or something happens or somebody gets blown up with an ID or there's some kind of bill passed, anything that is newsworthy, I, I want to be able, I, I would love to just be able to turn the TV on and see that. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, as of right now, this is, this is something that needs to change. This is something that needs to change now because you know what? The American people, any, and this, is, this is all over the world. This is not just for Americans. Truly, you know, we're Americans. This is what we want for our people. This is for everybody. Nobody should have to look up on 15 different news article sites just to find what the actual, you know, there's obviously you're going to have people with individual mindsets, which is then going to look like an agenda. But when it comes down to it, there is a basic sense of morality. I always, I always say that term. There is a basic sense of morality and exactly what the topic should be. Um, and when you start twisting words just to, you evilly start twisting your words just to fit your agenda, and you're going to mislead people, you're going to mislead, you're going to... It's, it's fucking evil. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, you know, and the hard part is, is is telling these people who come up with these bullshit articles that they're wrong. And the reason why is because they have the First Amendment. Yeah. And, you know, exactly, and, and, exactly. And, and they have the right to be able to push out this information because maybe they do actually perceive it this way or maybe they are being evil and pushing out this information to confuse people and to sway them in a different political position. So, so a lot of people end up using our Constitution in a negative way. Uh, that's something that you actually see with, uh, with Sharia law is uh, up north is that they try to end up pushing off Sharia law as a constitutional right. Well, tell me the difference between religion and a cult, and you can't. You know, it's pretty close to one another. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, that goes that's for all the, religions, really. That's the beautiful thing about our Constitution. Um, you know, and it sucks because this was happening a few years ago, like when we first joined. Um, not when you first joined, but when I first joined. Uh, seeing all this, you know, people burning the flag, yeah, stomping on the flag. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> um, but it's just something that, uh, it's something that it, it pisses me off, but it almost makes me love the country, is that our Constitution really does give you individual freedom. No, to absolutely. Say, it's freedom of press and speech, to be able to, to post what you want, to say what you want. That is a beautiful thing, and I want people, even if they are going to slander and use an agenda, the fact that they can do that is a beautiful thing. But what is the problem here is we have maybe the... I, I don't, I don't want to, I want you to help me clarify this at the okay. end of this so that I don't sound idiotic with this, but no do you believe that with the Constitution that there should be maybe a little bit more stricter guidelines when you talk about a monopoly news media company that can slander and spread misinformation? So there has to be a certain point in time when, you know, they're dealing directly with the government because they're holding the presidential debates. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who are basically deciding yeah, they're not the deciders of who's going to be president. Yeah, but they're but they, deciding what they push out. Exactly, which is going to end up. So, so you're so you're saying that you that you wish that there was a little more clarification on the Constitution about misinformation from media outlets. Well, I believe that the Constitution is for all of our individual freedom. Correct. It's yeah, for us as individuals. But when you talk about a major corporation that is proven time and time again that is the most trusted source for a lot of people, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, in the country, when they are the tr most trusted news source. That, you know, it, I don't know. I, I, I do kind of actually start thinking about that. Like maybe as a corporation, you need to be held to a little bit stricter standards, um, especially as a news media company, which is, you know, the problem with a news media company is it is owned by a corporation. You have a CEO of that corporation. There are, you know, all of these reporters and, uh, you know, journalists, they know that there are certain topics that they can't talk about. It is a known thing that you cannot talk about certain subjects, especially when you're you know, on the left or the right and stuff like that. You'll get slandered if you talk about something that you're not supposed to. 
But the problem is that is that political ideology and that mindset of that direct individual who owns that company. Yeah. You know, so that is, it, it, it's wrong. Um, but again, I do love that they have that constitutional right. I, I do love that. And you know what? I love the fact that we go out there, we fight for the freedom, we get deployed and stuff like that. Yes, I know there's a lot of, you know, confusion and gray area about what's going on with wars right now. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, our, our you know, our, our grandfathers, our fathers, our great-grandfathers fought for this freedom. Absolutely. And now we have this freedom. Yeah, um, it's a really big deal. It is a big deal. But the thing is, what is not being spread is that how this, this constitution came to be. What nobody is talking about is that this country was founded under God. Our yeah. forefathers founded it, this nation. I, I hit that in our Discord app really well. Yeah, you um, did. So, uh... If, for those of you who aren't in our Discord, and by the way, Mike, if you listen to this, I just got your message. I just saw it. I'm going to end up sending you the link here momentarily. Uh, he was asking for what the uh, Discord link was. Okay. So I'm going to end up sending it to him. But you know, I posed a really good question about religion and if religion should uh, influence laws in this country. Um, and uh, we had a really good discussion. Um, and what, I'd love to be able to hit that topic a little more in depth whenever we have some more time. Well, I think the amazing thing, um, especially when you're talking about should religion uh, be able to influence government uh, laws, things like that. The thing that a lot of people aren't really realizing that a, uh, well, okay, I need to back up a little bit. My personal Christian beliefs, my personal Christian beliefs would never slander another person's beliefs ever. You know, the, the point of being a good Christian is being all loving, mm -hmm. being forgiving. Uh, being able to understand and listen to other people and spread the word of Jesus Christ. It's not about pointing a finger and saying, no, well, you're wrong for this race. You're wrong for, not race, I'm sorry, you're this just wrong religion. for this religion. It is, when you talk about a government being run by, you know, under God, we we were the great, not we were, we are the greatest <laughs> nation in the world. I we are. And the problem is, though, is we were founded under God. What led us to that is our forefathers fighting for our freedom. The 3% fighting for our freedom and literally establishing such a great nation under the Constitution, giving us individual freedom. Um, it's, it's just crazy to see that I, I just, I personally feel like there is this attack on Christianity. There is an attack on, you know, a lot of what we were founded on. Yeah, I know. I agree. Absolutely. And that makes you start thinking to me is like, you know what, well, who's actually running our government now? Because it's obviously not our, our, you know, our Obviously, our original forefathers, Thomas Jefferson, is you know obviously running for you know presidential campaign right now, talking about everything. But what makes me start thinking is it's like they were the ones who ran our country originally, right? They gave us our great freedoms, they gave us all these great things. But now, a few generations later, you have a lot of evil and corrupt individuals leading the country. So you're saying that like uh, we're moving away from Christian beliefs by having Christian, not having Christian people in politicians. Or um, in politics? No, no, okay, not, well, I, I mean, I think that is a good question and a point you just made, but I'm, I don't, the thing is, for you to be president, I, I am not saying that you need to be a Christian to run for office, and that is the beautiful thing about being, is there, any, being is there any religion that you do kind of cast out? Is, uh, is there anyone that you look at and you're like, you Look know, what we're fighting in the Middle East. You, Islam? Absolutely. Yeah, because the thing is, that is a violent religion, no matter what you're going to say, I don't care if you're going to argue with me, anybody wants to slander our page, anything like that, I will... I will die for that belief right there. No, absolutely. No, I, I, I agree. You know where I stand on that is uh, I think that it's really challenging to uh, to have a logical thinking debate with a uh, extremist, uh, with an with a person from Islam. Now, there are progressive Islamists, but uh, th their religion is, is... 
Okay, so people end up bringing up the Crusades a lot whenever they talk about Christianity. Yes, of course. But you have to understand that if you look back historically and you look back at the invasions that took place, is that there were only, I believe, seven great crusades that took place. And before each great crusade, Islamic extremists were coming to uh, Christian lands and raping, pillaging, and murdering their people. But that's not something they're going to talk about. Exactly. And so... Uh, and, and we see that today is there's a lot of misinformation about Islam. You know, whenever you think of someone's head getting cut off, you don't think of Christianity. You don't think of Judaism. You know, my wife, for example, she's Jewish. Um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a non-denominational Christian. So I really don't care about religion that much. It doesn't play. It's not that big of a deal to me. I, I uh, But Islam is where I look at it more of a cult than it is of a religion because you see things that take place. You look at the, the, the rules of Sharia law and you see the violent tendencies that take place. You see the lack of women's rights. And you know, the, the, the thing that I am always going to condemn the left on is the misinformation. And I don't give a shit how anybody feels about this is the way that uh, they have pushed out the information um, on Islam being a religion of peace. Um, you know, and there really are excellent Islamic people. Of there course, are people, of course. you know, so I, I used to work with a gentleman. He was Iraqi special forces and he really, uh, he ended up gaining a citizenship here in America. His wife was a Christian. He, he's, uh, believes in Islam. He's one of the best men I've ever known in my life. And I've been capable of knowing a lot of really good, uh, men and women who believe in Islam. That's incredible. But, but the, the issue is, is that whenever you turn on the TV and it's not necessarily always just the agenda that they want to push out, it's just what you, what you see with your own eyes, either, either if you go overseas or if you interact with these people is that their mindset is completely different. See, um, Americans, they put America first. Because they understand if they don't put America first, then there's not going to be a foundation for the for the Christian the Christian religion. Because Europe tends to lose its beliefs in it. Um, you know, they're a little bit all over the place with it. Um, but Islam, if you take a look at Middle Eastern countries, you'll tend to find that Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, uh, they all put Islam first. Well, the thing you know, and so the, the, it's not country first for future generations. It's Islam now. Yeah. It uh. Something to me just, uh, I mean, especially with religion, um, in all honesty, I, I will not back a religion or, and, okay, I, and again, with how you just said, with you have known great uh, Islamic individuals and stuff that believe in Islam and stuff. With that, I know there are amazing people. So whenever, we, whenever we're you know, spouting off information that we might not agree with, it's not to say that this is the entirety of all the people that believe in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. But something that you I can't, am not okay with. You can't blanket everybody. Down to their foundational rules in their religion, though, for women not to have rights, for a human being to have lesser rights than another human being. Yeah. To it's against our constitutional values. It's against human rights. It's against our religious rights. You know, and people compare Christianity and Islam a lot whenever it comes to the what the violence that Christians have done, because Christians and most definitely done a lot of violence. Um, but what you don't pay attention to and what you don't hear a lot about is the reactionary part of it. Is the fact that we were sought out and that we were tortured, we were killed. Uh, a, a lot of times before and that's we ever still, attacked. That is still, and I'm not saying it's on that necessarily level, obviously. We're not in medieval times here, but there is still an attack on Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about the, uh, uh, not the Constitution, <clears throat> but the uh, uh, the commandments. The the statue that was outside of the, uh, was it in Arkansas or yeah. Arizona? Arkansas. So in Arkansas, that had to get taken down because of that. And then there was a satanic symbol that was put up. Well, you know, Where's but, that but, then, but then, it, we'll see, and that's where it's challenging is you have to choose between your Christian beliefs and your American beliefs. If there's a right to a to freedom of speech if somebody believes in satanism and they want to if there can be a christian symbol out then why can't there be a satanic symbol out well absolutely but why why can't there be a christian 
Yeah, absolutely. the thing is, the the thing is, it was attacked and it was mm-hmm. taken down. And then the fact that that was put up and said, well, you know what, this is this is the right. Right now, I think it is a very interesting topic to look at what has been happening and also to bring up the Crusades. As that is an amazing thing because even I didn't know that. I honestly was that was kind of a thing that it's kind of like that hush hush kind of history about a religion. But the thing is, I, I would love to dive more into that. So we, we are actually going to dive a little more into it. I'm I'm but, gonna I'm gonna give everybody a resource real quick so that they can pull up. While um, you're looking for it, um, a, a, a point that I need to make here is crusades and killing and pillaging and things like that. That was not. That is not the teachings of Jesus Christ. That is not what you know. What our our you know. I, I don't know. You you kind of get what I'm saying there. That is not. That's not what Christian belief is about. It's not about violence. It's not about all of these things. When you really, when you break open the Bible and you start talking about Christianity, you start talking about love. I guarantee you, you know, eight out of ten Christians are are really those genuinely loving, caring individuals. Um, the people that you want on your side, the people that you know can really show you the right way. Um, there's obviously also there there is the wrong Christians. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick, I yeah, just yeah, want to yeah, be able yeah. to give them this information. So I suggest you guys look up Bill Warner, PhD, uh, Jihad versus Crusades. His YouTube, um, his YouTube is Bill Warner PhD. Uh, so this guy's a doctor. He's really articulate on this. Uh, he's very well versed. And I think that it's something that people need to go into with an open mind. And again, you know, um, uh, I feel like you can't give an opinion on something that you're not educated on. And so that's why I'm able to speak on Islam. And, and maybe one day we can go a little more in depth in it um, and that of Christianity. Now, would you be able to actually? Um, are you? Are you kind of caught up enough on the Crusades? Because there's a lot of people... So not comfortably enough right now because I haven't done research on it in about the last six months and I don't want to give anybody any wrong information. So Um, the next podcast... Yeah, absolutely. We can speak speak on the Crusades on either the next one or one of the coming up ones because the Crusades is really important, uh, is a really important and misinformed uh, part of Christianity. A lot of people think that it was an evil time for Christianity, but what you don't see is, is that the millions of Christians that ended up dying from the wars and dying from being attacked by Islam first. Um, you know, there's a lot of really big things that, that are skipped out on the on pushing out the agenda for Islam. Um, and I think that that's, that would make a really good podcast, um, somebody to come on here and speak or me to speak on it. Uh, I just need to, I want to make sure I get out the right information for people. Same here. Um, I'll, I'll definitely do research because that is something that I've, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of stayed away from because in all honesty from what I was reading was, you know, the Crusades, that is kind of like a dark period for Christians. But the you know, thing is, it's really not. It's not. It's pushed out to be a dark time for Christians because people compare Islam uh, and Christianity to be the same thing today. So, and by that, I mean, as you see Islam and they're killing people in the Middle East, they're stoning uh, gays, they're, uh, they're uh, killing uh, mentally handicapped people, they're throwing them in wards and torturing them, they're using them for free labor. Um, and you see, then they then the agenda for, and it's usually CNN will end up saying, well, uh, Islam is this religion of peace now. They've progressed. Look at this great city that they built, Dubai. Um, and they compare it to, uh, to the Crusades. And there's just a lot of misinformation uh, between what exactly caused the Crusades um, and what caused the wars to take place. And... We were attacked first. Christians were attacked first in Europe. You know, they, they built these great ships and sailed across the sea, sailed across the ocean, marched their armies, and they killed us. Uh, and they attacked us first. 
it's just not something that a lot of people are caught up on. And I think that people think that it happened so long ago when in actuality it didn't that they don't think that it impacts them and they just believe whatever the, the agenda from the media tells them to. Of course. So, uh, uh, again, we'll end up hitting that in a later conversation because that could be a podcast in and of itself. Absolutely. Um, and I, I do really love that we can talk about, you know, our Christian beliefs, but the fact of, you know, what UWB stands for is we stand for Americans. Yeah. We stand for our individual freedoms. What we are backed on is our constitutional rights. Um, we, the fact that we, um, you know, we, we don't exclude anybody. In yeah, our you're message. right. If, we don't, if there's an Islam individual who would like to join us, we encourage you to come and have this conversation with us. We encourage you to educate us because I, there's a lot of things about Islam that I don't know. You know, I've read the Quran a little bit. I've been able to try to be as well-versed as I could in it. Um, but there's a lot of things that I don't know. And there's also probably a lot of cultural things that I don't understand. Yeah. Even though I've been over there, it doesn't mean that I know everything. Because the, the culture is completely different. The people are completely different. The ideologies are different. Religion's different. So, you know, just because right now, and you heard this podcast, and you're thinking, oh, these guys hate Islam. That's not the case. No. It's the fact that, uh, that we see Islam... Uh, for what we've seen through our perspective, and our perspective is our reality. And so we have to take it for what we've seen it as. And if you have a different view on it, then we encourage you to call us, and we encourage you to get a hold of us. We encourage you to come in and speak on it. And that's exactly our motto is literally educate, unite, defend. Absolutely. It's about being educated. And the thing is, we are no expert on all of these topics we discuss. We are we can't simply, be. We can't be. Nobody is. But the thing is, we can bring somebody that is more well-versed in knowledge that can actually come on the show and teach us something so that, you know, potentially we can teach others. And with them having them on the show, you know, they can teach our viewers and listeners and stuff as well, uh, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Um, you know, it's it, it's just awesome. You know, what we're doing here is, is it's really huge. It's the, huge. The it's amount huge. of people that we've been able to impact in a week of doing this, which is over 650 people. That's huge. That is. And because we were expecting, I was expecting... 10, 20 people. You know, if I'm being honest, I, I thought it was going to be us three. I thought it was going to be me, you, and your wife listening. Really? And, you know, my dad would have gave us a listen and maybe yeah. your mom. And No, nah, man, this is... People are loving what we're saying. And I think it's... That, that speaks to us I've balance. gotten a huge amount of feedback and I've gotten a lot of really good stuff from people who... Uh, even though I, I identify as more of a right-wing person, a big majority of people who are left-wing have been reaching out to me saying that they really enjoy the podcast, that they think it's a really fresh take, that it is how they feel as far as left-wing people whenever I bring up certain beliefs, yeah. and that I, uh, I do just voice a more logical and you voice a more logical opinion on things. Um, uh, and I love hearing from another party. I think it's great, and I think it's something that this country needs to bring back is being able to have a conversation with one another. You may not agree on everything. Hell, you may disagree on everything, but at the end of the day, you can go out to dinner and relax with one another instead of hating each other. Exactly, and I think I really think what that stems from is actually kind of going back and not only the presidential debate, but really going yeah. to these. When you look at the presidential debate, it's not, a, it's not an educated discussion. It's what not. it is, is it is a slandering, you know, pointing finger saying, you did this, no, well, you did it's this. It's about this. being quick-witted. It's who about has, being... Who has the sharpest tongue? Exactly. It's a marketing tactic. That's all it is, yeah. And it's marketing not... for your political party. But imagine if you had a podcast or some kind of platform where two individuals that were fighting for the right to literally be the leader of this great nation actually sit down and talk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, one thing that kind of stuck out like a sore thumb to me, have you listened to Bernie Sanders uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast? Uh, so I, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not able to listen to all of his stuff um, whenever it comes out because, of course, I'm, I'm for those of you who don't know, I am usually only sleep two or three hours a night, um, and I get up, and I'm super busy, so I just catch snippets of things, but I haven't been able to watch it all. Well, it's just, it was it was a really fresh take. 
it was really interesting just to be able to hear who the man is and talk about, uh, have Joe Rogan talk about, you know, his stance on what he believes and like how awesome it was to just speak to him. Because what we see is like, oh, well, Bernie Sanders is this just old dumbass who just wants to get free everything and there's no... Well, see, were, I, I never thought he was a dumbass. Not, not I, 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 I do believe but, he, I do believe he's a fad. But the F-A-D. thing is, generally from F-A-D, just from the right side, though, there is there is slander of an individual who we will truly, we might not ever get to know, you know, the greatness that he, you know, was going to speak on. And I'm not saying that I'm a Bernie Sanders follower or anything like that. I'm As of right now, I am so far in the middle, I will love... I, Personally, you want to know what my belief is with this political game? So. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And what that is saying what do you is... Mean? See, because I feel like I'm about to really disagree with you on this. Well, no. Okay, so what I'm, what I'm saying, I'm not saying stay uneducated. Okay. It's not, a, it's not a point to say stay uneducated because that's the best way to go. What is the, the ignorance is bliss part coming from this is take with a grain of salt what these news media companies are telling you. Take with a grain of salt the slander that is coming from both sides attacking. Oh yeah, I see okay. so much, you know, and and that's what I'm saying. It has to do with the inf- uh, the misinformation. Mm-hmm. If it is good information, then you need to you need to understand it. If there is something clearly that is going on that happened with one of our presidential, uh, you know, the our actual president or a candidate itself, mm-hmm. then ignorance is not bliss, and you need to understand what's going on. But when it comes down to you getting your information and who you're gonna vote for to lead the country from an agenda-based news media company, that is when you need to you need to dial your ignorance up a little bit more and you need to step back and really start looking at everything. See, I, I, I don't think, I think ignorance possible is definitely the wrong word. I'd say definitely be more educated, be educated, uh, learn when to not pay attention to things, be educated enough to ignore. Well, that that's that's what I'm, I, okay, then educated. Yeah, I would definitely say, ignor- I would say education is bliss. Education is bliss, but the problem right now is that is not a right now that is not a viable option. And whether we like it or not, it, it's really not. No, no, <laughs> no. I completely agree. Disagree with that. I mean, see, okay, so you're telling me that every American has the time to sit down and say, you know what? Well, there's one news story I just saw on CNN. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to type in 15 different news sites because there's not. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What you're saying is is that you should ignore what it is that something that someone is saying on another news agency. And just because it may be slanderous, you should educate yourself and look at every avenue. And absolutely, no. That's what I'm saying is educate yourself on the other stories. Well, absolutely, you're saying. But the thing is, people don't know where to get the stories. No, that is I what I'm that. trying to say. And it's and I love that we can have these little debates and stuff. We still have very much of the same views. It's just for me, looking at it from a political aspect, you have media companies that have an agenda. And the thing yeah, is, absolutely. the information that they're getting, what are they going to do? They're going to go to Fox. Well, then they're going to go to ABC. And then they're going to go to CNN. Then they're mm-hmm. going to go to MSNBC. Okay. They're going to see the same story written out six different ways, all talking about, well, this... You know, all right, so, so are you saying... Are, what you're saying is, is ignore the bullshit. Ignore okay. the bullshit. Stay no, okay, ignorant. okay. See, that's... Okay, I completely agree with you. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is to be educated enough to be able to ignore the bullshit. Oh, yes, yes, that's yes, That's what yes. I'm saying. Oh, of course. Yes, that is 100%. Okay, I, see, uh, the ignorance is bliss part. I thought you were implying I'm that saying just because something... I'm saying stay ignorant to the bullshit. Stay ignorant to the agenda and no, stay educated on what's actually but I still, happening. But I still agree to be educated to the bullshit because then it tells you where the agenda lies because if they're giving you bullshit information, then you're able to disseminate this is a bullshit media. Well, I'm not saying dumb your brain down. I'm not saying see, act I, like I, a fucking idiot and I, I, look at it. Look, you know me. I take things very literal. No, no, of course. So, so this is – that was not – okay, I'm, that I'm, was – it, it was a mix between literal, uh, literal, uh, 
you know, literal, literal. and figurative. Literal. Gotcha. Okay. It was Under, a understood. We're we're on the same page. I'm not there. saying what is what is bliss is to be a, <laughs> an absolute dumbass and be like, well, I don't know what's happening. No, okay. because that's what and, and that's and what's I, actually see, happening. See, and I kind of felt like you were you were moving in not in that direction, but you just didn't say it right. So well, that's why I was for confused. Clarifying. Okay. I'm sure that a lot I'm, of other I'm people sorry. You thought that. If I problem. thought that, somebody else thought that. Exactly. No, that is not what I'm saying. What okay. is what I'm what I think is is important is to have. The, you know, it's almost kind of like having the little bumper lanes in bowling. The the bumper lanes in bowling, you need to be able to look down the lane. You need to be able to have those bumpers up because a lot of people don't. They see, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's just scary. And we've been talking about it. You know, we're ranting on it. It's, it's, there's this division. There's an agenda. Uh, there's slander, misinformation. There's all this bad stuff going on. And you know, we're not the only ones that are going to be able, hopefully one day we are, hopefully one day we get to the point where we have a million listens every single that would be podcast and people are listening to us and we're able to, to share our views um, mm-hmm. and have other people on the podcast with different views and agendas. And I don't know, it's just, it's just scary because right now the American people are uninformed. They really yeah, absolutely. are. Um, and I'm really, I'm really proud to be able to do this with you. Um, yeah, I, man, I, it's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. It's a good time. You know, uh, this thing kicked off a lot faster than uh, than I know you were anticipating, but yeah. uh, you know, um, once I put my mind to something, I'm either all in it or I'm all out. And I'm, if I'm all out, then I'm not going to be a part of it. Um, and this is something that I've been wanting to do for a little bit now. I just everything's been so busy, and I just decided to modify my sleep schedule and just operate in as little as I can. And we made it happen. Yeah. So, but yeah, this is uh yeah. I thought this was a really good discussion. Um, Again, uh, for anybody that uh, has listened for, you know, the whole podcast did go over all the, the patents and stuff like that. Anybody that needs any information, this goes for any podcast. If you want more information or links or clarification on any of the topics, contact us um, through Facebook or Instagram uh, at United We Boot. Yeah, and some of this stuff is going to be opinion-based. Uh, yeah, so, of course. Uh, we, we won't be able to offer you links, but we can obviously have a discussion. And we may not be able to get you on the podcast every time, or we may never be able to get you on the podcast because either we have our own things going on or we're just busy or we have a subject that we need to discuss. And it just doesn't line up with what it is that we're talking about in that moment. But just don't don't think that you're not being heard. It may take me a little bit to get back a hold of you because I've been bombarded with messages over the last two days since I did episode four, uh, like one in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've been bombarded with messages. Uh, my phone's going off every like 10 minutes, it seems. Um, and I love that. So it may take me a little bit to get back a hold of you guys though. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we had an excellent podcast. I think Barrow, especially with the COVID stuff, like that was really, really compelling arguments. It was really well put together. Uh, and it's definitely something that I think people need to be paying attention to. Um, and if you're not, then it's something that you should begin to pay attention to now. You know what? And if they're not paying attention, listen to the podcast. Yeah, and obviously it is opinionated. Um, it is our opinions on stuff. But at the same time, I know you lean a little bit to the right. Um, I definitely – I have facets where I, I lean to the left and I lean to the right. Yeah, absolutely. It's very but, much in the middle. Yeah, no, see, I am I am in the middle, but more of my views line up more to the right. But I am open even just because I'm right now doesn't mean I won't be left there. You're not close-minded. You're open-minded. Yeah, exactly. You're, you have to go into politics like that. But anyways, we had a great podcast. We fucking killed it. Don't forget about our code. Uh, is our code still active? Still active. Awesome, guys. You listen, pay attention to the code, get you guys some uh, 25% off, and get you guys some merch. 2-5 uh, discount. 2-5 two two. discount. 2-5 discount. So the letter, or the uh, number's 2-5 and discount. Um, use that for your promo code. It'll give you a 25% off on unitedweboot.com. 
Um, also, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Discord. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you feel compelled to donate, feel free. If not, that's fine. We still love having you listening. Um, and uh, any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up. Absolutely. Uh, excellent podcast today, and I think we killed it. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Drake. It was, All right. uh, it was great. Uh, awesome, man. Now let's, uh, let me kick your ass on Call of Duty. No, you're going down. All right. I'll see you guys.